0: for the fantasy football playoffs. Uh, If you're listening to this, then I hope that means that you made it. Um, If you are preparing yourself for your consolation bracket, that's fine too. We're going to help you win that as well here at the QB list fantasy football podcast. As always, uh, miles Nelson here joined by Eric Smith and Ryan Heath, who are going to help us figure out who to start, who to sit here and what, you know, a very exciting and also very fear filled time. Uh, Eric, how's it looking for you so far? (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's, uh, I set my lineups last night, or my, excuse me, my rankings last night and went to bed and just was fearful of what was going to happen by the time we did this podcast. So it's fine. Um, I was going through like snap leaders for uh, running backs this week. Uh, Sony Michelle, 100% of the snaps. Uh, James Connor, 96%. Like we, we've got names on here like Devin Singletary, Ty Johnson. Like I, I don't know what's going on. So uh, we're officially at the time of the year where if you have healthy players and they don't have COVID, uh, just play them.
0: Yeah, I, you, you mentioned, obviously, you misspoke when you said you set your lineups, but that's actually yeah. something I like to do at the beginning of the week is like, quote unquote, set my lineup so I can kind of gauge where I'm at. And uh, it's not pretty. It's it's not pretty uh, this time of year. Uh, Ryan, uh, hopefully you made the playoffs in a couple of leagues. How are you looking?
2: Yeah, I made them in a few leagues. Actually, I, I, you might have seen this on Twitter, if you, if you follow me on Twitter, at QBR Ryan. I actually made the playoffs in 88 out of my 89 leagues. I'm definitely not lying about this. Um, and there, <laughs> there's a spreadsheet coming so that you know I'm being for real, that I'm not making this up to look good on Twitter for the people that look at my tweets. So I, I'm actually that good at fantasy football.
0: All right. Well, um, Yahoo caps me at eight leagues, eight free leagues. So that's how many leagues I played in this year because uh, they won't let me do any more than that without putting some money down. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So eight leagues for me made the playoffs in uh, two of them. Uh, great, great um, success <laughs> rate right there for someone who every week talks about this stuff at of time, but Hey, Fantasy football—it's a lot of luck. It's a lot of hope. Your guys don't get hurt or end up on uh, COVID. And this is a great week to have a bye week, by the way. If you got your first or second seed in your league and you get a bye, you're sitting pretty because uh, everyone is on the COVID reserve list. Um, Seventy-five players or staff members uh, tested positive between Monday and Tuesday, uh, and that doesn't—we're not even including uh, close contacts or anything like that. It, its a rough day right now. Uh, Across the fantasy football industry, obviously, a lot of those players um, or staff members aren't fantasy relevant, a lot of, uh, you know, defensive players, um, third string kickers, that kind of thing. Uh, But here are the fantasy relevant players uh, that are have been placed on the COVID reserve list, uh, at least since last Friday. Uh, Daryl Henderson Jr., Miles Gaskin, Odell Beckham Jr., Alexander Madison, Jarvis Landry, Jamal Williams, Mark Ingram, Christian McCaffrey, like as if that guy hasn't had enough to deal with this year. Uh, Austin Hooper, Baker Mayfield, Kadarius Toney, Philip Lindsay, Cedric Wilson, and David Njoku. Uh, It's about 15 different players, like most of the uh, Browns offense. Uh, Rams have been hit hard as well. In fact, there are actually seven teams that have been placed in enhanced protocols, which means that they've had to work virtually for the most part. Uh, That's the Rams, Browns, Falcons, Bears, Lions, Vikings, and Washington football team, who I believe lead the league in uh, members of the organization that are on the COVID reserve list with 17, 17 members of Washington on the COVID reserve list. So um, yeah, rough time of year, rough time of year.
1: Yeah, you didn't even mention the Chiefs who've lost like their best defensive players. Uh, it's been pretty rough all across the league. And um, but yeah, good to see Washington uh, setting the bar high for the rest of the league. So we can follow in their footsteps. Uh, whatever that front office is doing and the coaching staff is doing is obviously going well. Let's let's
0: not follow their foot. So let's do the exact opposite. Um, but with so many players testing positive, I don't even know that we've seen the full ramifications of everything. Now, with that said, everything happened on Monday and Tuesday. It seems like today was actually a pretty slow day. We're recording on Wednesday from a... Covid perspective. Obviously, a lot of news comes out from Wednesday practices, but not a lot of new players placed on Covid reserve. So I, I hope that we've seen the last of the you know major waves of players being added on to the list. Um, a lot of these players are vaccinated, and so by virtue of being placed on the list so early in the week, there is technically a chance that they could be uh, eligible to play this weekend. Um, as with everyone, it's not likely that they play the very first week, but we've seen Keenan Allen already been activated from the COVID list about eight days after he was placed on it. So guys like Daryl Henderson jr. And miles Gaskin who are placed on the list at the end of last week, there's a chance that they play this week. Um, so just keep a close eye on some of these players. Um, Roger Goodell did state on the NFL network today that they don't expect to postpone or reschedule any games. That was a thing of last year when we had Wednesday night football and Tuesday night football and switching of bye weeks and all that stuff. We've apparently move past that um i guess cleveland's just gonna have to roll out you know case keenum and i don't know anthony schwartz i I don't know who else is still on that team now with everyone uh you know on on the COVID ir so uh just something to keep an eye on what what are you expecting are there any moves that you guys have made in response to all of these COVID, uh you know reserve designations any players that you've been looking to pick up um to replace someone uh or anything like that
1: Yeah, uh, I I think it's not a bad time of the year to get a backup quarterback, just in case if there's a good one on your wire, grab them. I know we haven't had quarterbacks necessarily hit a lot right now, but that could happen down the line. I know I've picked up some backups where I have like Lamar Jackson or whatever, but it's a good time to get depth at your positions for sure. Uh, Maybe not have seven running backs on your team that you're just not going to start. There are some uh, Arizona Cardinals I've picked up. That's not so much COVID related. That's just more depth. We'll get to that in a little bit, but Um, Otherwise, like I I mean, if you if for some reason Van Jefferson was out there, uh, he is really appealing with uh, Odell Beckham on the list right now. So I don't know. I I think it's pretty much the usual suspects, but really try to get some depth going right now because you just don't know what's going to happen between today and tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I'll give you another name. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is one of the only Browns that apparently does not have COVID. Uh, So he is apparently the wide receiver one for this week. So I think he's worth an ad i got him ranked in the high 30s for wide receivers so maybe he's a play this week
0: what do we think the browns at home featuring case keenum uh, nick chubb and donovan people's jones have a have a good chance at, at beating the raiders uh you know i don't know maybe maybe they're interesting durnish johnson maybe gets some run out there uh who knows maybe they make him a wide receiver this week because <laughs> i don't know who else they have uh Moving on from COVID stuff, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is expected to be done for the rest of the regular season with a sprained knee. Um, they are hoping that he'll be available for the playoffs. I, I wonder if any of this is because the Cardinals, I don't know if they've like mathematically locked up a playoff spot yet or not, but they're well ahead of the pack in the NFC. Um, I think they're tied for first. And so I wonder if uh, they're just making sure that that Hopkins is going to be ready because uh, I mean, as, as great as AJ green and Christian Kirk have been, obviously Hopkins is, is what that offense revolves around, um, you know, are, with Hopkins out, how much does that raise Kirk or green, uh, or Ertz uh, in your rankings, uh, for, you know, the Cardinals offense.
1: Yeah, I pretty aggressively raised all of them. I, I think the one that I didn't raise was Rondale Moore. Um, we saw him kind of peak at like 81% snaps one week while Hopkins was out. But other than that, he was still kind of down in the 40% snap range. And we saw a lot of Antoine Wesley filling uh Hopkins role, but, um, what it does for Kirk and green is obviously just take out a bunch of targets from Hopkins. And uh, I really like both green and Kirk going forward. Um, I, you know, I, I thought AJ green looked pretty good last week. He had a hundred yard game. He was getting the ball. They played Detroit this week. So he's like a wide receiver 30 for me. Um, And then I've got uh, Christian Kirk a little higher up at wide receiver 26. And I probably need to raise them more too, because we just got this Hopkins news today. So uh, I don't know. I really like them both. They've been consistent all year, as long as, Uh, Kyler Murray's out there and looking as talented as he does. He looked really good last week, even though they had a couple bad turnovers. Um, They're on the radar to play for the rest of the season. So definitely go get Kirk or Green if they're out there. And Ertz as well, I bumped him up to tight end six this week. I just, it's going to have a ripple effect against all these players. And if they're on the field, uh, you know, we know that Kyler Murray's going to throw them the ball. So um, without Hopkins, that's going to be huge. Opens up a bunch of touchdowns and uh, full steam ahead for these kind of secondary pieces in Arizona.
2: Yeah, I agree completely. I think Zach Ertz especially benefits. I mean, he had most of his big games when Hopkins was out earlier in the year, so I think he's an awesome tight end to start now. I agree on Rondell Moore, too, unfortunately. I really wish he could be more than just a gadget type of player this year, but Cliff Kingsbury can't figure that out, apparently.
0: Yeah, well, Rondell Moore is starting to sound like uh, our next uh, Curtis Samuel that we uh, every year talk about (laughs) is like, man, if he could just be more than a gadget player. And then, you know, probably about six years from now, he'll break out a la Cordell, Cordell Patterson. So, um, that's the that's the life of a, of a gadget playing in the NFL these days. Uh, staying in Arizona, James Connor is considered day to day with his ankle issue, according to Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, now he didn't practice today, so it's not a good sign. Uh, and we're kind of still status up in the air on Chase Edmonds. Um, he was not activated from injured reserve uh, last week. And we haven't really heard any news. I don't think they're required to give updates um, if he's still technically on, on injured reserve. So we haven't heard any news about whether Edmonds is back at practice or not. Uh, what are you expecting to see from this Cardinals backfield? Do you th- expect either Connor or Edmonds to play this week? And if not, uh, would you be looking you know, even deeper in this Arizona backfield?
1: Yeah. So this was another part of liking those receivers as well, because this seems like it's going to be a less than ideal running back situation this week. Uh, even if these two running backs play, I don't think they're going to want to just overload them. So um, I would expect, I mean, the news seems positive on James Conner, So I think we'll see him out there, but a little limited. I really don't know what to think on James Edmonds until we see him back on the field chase Edmonds. But um, I, I don't know. I, I, I would not be going out and getting, you know, Benjamin personally, I don't think he's going to see the volume to be useful. Maybe in deep leagues, he could, have some PPR value, but I just think it's going to be a lot of Kyler Murray on the ground, a lot of passing. And that's where I'm looking, but either of those running backs, if they have the backfield to themselves are an automatic start pretty much.
0: If they're both healthy, are either of them startable?
1: I mean, it's hard to not roll James Connor out there right now. Um, Even when they were splitting work, he was scoring all the touchdowns. So I would rather start him over chase Edmonds. Personally, we haven't quite seen Edmonds have that season. We hope this year and after a few weeks off, I wouldn't expect him to kind of snap out of that the first week back. So I would still have Connor ahead of Edmonds.
2: I agree. If Edmonds has a backfield to himself, then I think he's a back-end RB2 that you can play just based on the scarcity of the position. But yeah, if both are out there, then you would got to prefer Connor for the red zone role at this point, as unfortunate as it is and as mad as it has made me all year.
0: <laughs> uh All right. Uh, moving on, uh, You know, we're going to talk about a lot of players on this podcast and we don't always talk about all of them. If there's a player you want to hear more about, head on over to qblist.com. Uh, well, our sit start article will be up on the website. Eric's rankings will be up on the website. So you can see uh, how we rank every single fantasy relevant player, what we expect to see from them this week, and then also exactly where Eric does have them ranked. Um, so if you've got a couple of tough decisions, uh, players are deciding between. Uh, check out those articles to see really the you know full depth of everything that we you know kind of go over here at QB List. Um, Thursday night football, finally a good one. Uh, I mean, I know not every game has been awful, but this is like marquee prime time. Uh, Kansas City versus the LA Chargers, I think. With the division uh, technically on the line, I mean, I guess the Chargers can only tie Kansas City, but I mean, come on, you know, you beat the Chiefs uh, at home, you know, you get to be the, the tied for the top of the division. This is this is a big game and uh, between two of the biggest offenses and to make it even better and more high scoring, uh, Kansas City's defense has decided to take the week off. Uh, basically, everyone on their defense that's relevant is on the COVID list. Uh, they've been on fire lately that defense uh started the season being ridiculed as one of the worst defenses in football history and they're probably not great uh but (laughs) they've definitely been good for fantasy purposes lately let me just start real quick i mean this is a defense that has scored i think double digits each of their last three games uh are they still someone that you can start against the chargers
1: no, Justin Herbert's playing too well. And then all those injuries, uh, it's its going to sap most of the Chiefs playmakers. So no, I would not be starting them this week. Um, and I actually, I don't think their schedule is real great rest of season. So you might have gotten the best run out of this defense you're going to get. It might be time to move on here. Okay.
0: That's more than enough talk about defense on this podcast. Let's talk about (laughs) offense. Let's talk about some high flying, uh, you know, wide receivers, both active, ready to go. That's Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Uh, Williams obviously played this past week, but uh, he had some weird injury designations early in the week. He's active. Keenan Allen activated from the COVID list. So Herbert's got both of his main weapons back. Um, All 12% of you out there that still have Jalen Guyton on your roster, you can drop him. Uh, He he's not doing anything now. uh, With Allen and Mike Williams out there, are are both of them insta starts? Like, well, Allen is. Is Mike Williams an automatic start for you this week?
1: Yeah, I've got him wide receiver eighteen. He's. I mean, they've just they've said too many times how much they want to get him the ball. Um, I know his targets have kind of peaked at like eight, six, five. Uh, the second half of the season, but he's such a big play threat. Uh, He's definitely worth it. Um, So yeah, in a game they need against the chiefs, I would be very shocked to see them not force the ball to Mike Williams downfield. So get him out there as wide receiver 18.
2: I think he's fine as more of a flex type play. I have him wide receiver 29 this week. I I might just have an anti Mike Williams bias at this point, honestly, like listening to Eric lay out the case that a lot of their defense has been on the COVID list. I, I mean, yeah, it's probably a pretty good spot for him. I'm probably way too pessimistic here.
0: I, You know, I, I hear that. But at the same time, looking at Mike Williams game log, um, you know, going back the last six games, even the last seven games dating back to their their week seven bye, Uh Mike Williams has been under double digits in PPR four of those uh, seven weeks. And then in the other three, I mean, in, in PPR, you, you know, it's tough to bank on a guy going five receptions. Um, 97 yards great and a touchdown great but you know 20 20 point performance in ppr and how much of that was because of you know a touchdown and, and you know a lot of yardage whereas you know you might i mean i don't know for me in ppr it's much easier to bank on the hunter renfros of the world that are just going to catch the ball a million times um so i can definitely understand the hesitancy with mike williams um but at the same time three of the last four weeks being in double digits in ppr really bad defense uh you know you can go
1: either way i lean towards yeah. starting him as well No, I I totally get it. It's just the way this season has gone. I mean, you've got a hot quarterback here throwing the ball downfield. Uh, Williams can make plays I mean you look behind him on the list you've got like you know DK Metcalf who's been struggling and Chase Claypool that whole nother conversation Marquise Brown like they're just it starts getting pretty shaky at wide receivers so I would suspect the range that Williams is in for me and Ryan is a pretty fluid group of receivers here I would guess um, it's kind of that wide receiver two early wide receiver three range it's just I'm gonna tend to go with the quarterback that's on fire like Herbert is and if it doesn't work out I can live with it but like I said, this is a huge game for Chargers, just kind of for their whole franchise here. And uh, I would expect bombs away in this one. For the whole franchise, he said, they're going to move again if they lose this one. <laughs>
0: uh, Austin Eckler only got in limited sessions this week. Uh, he is considered a game time decision. Uh, Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly uh, are like kind of the next guys up in LA. Is there one in particular that you want to roster? Is that, Are they someone that you absolutely need to add if Eckler isn't going to play and you're just definitely going to slot them in, or are you more willing to just kind of leave them out there on the wire and just let it be. If, if Eckler ends up not playing.
1: Um, I'm more willing to leave them on the wire just because they've really had a rotating cast behind Eckler all year. If they come out and say, Hey, this is our lead back, then sure. Um, If you have a spot and you want to take a chance on one of them, sure, but I I would not trust them this week. And I, I just don't know between Jackson, Kelly, Um, you know, Larry Roundtree, Darius Bradwell, they've used a ton behind Eckler. So I don't know if Ryan feels differently here, but I just, I couldn't even pick one. I don't think at this point,
2: I don't want to play any of them, but I would pick Justin Jackson just for the receiving skills that we've seen he has. And I mean, he's looked the best throughout his career out of all these, but again, the reason that these guys like Joshua Kelly are on the roster is because Um, Justin Jackson hasn't prevented them from drafting more help so it doesn't seem like the team is all that sold on him or any of them in particular so yeah I mostly agree with Eric like just try to stay away from it if you can.
0: All right. So this is, this is not like a Dernis Johnson or Alexander Madison type situation. Uh, if Eckler's not playing, you're okay. Just not starting a running back, uh, from the chargers in this game with Kansas city. Uh, I mean, they had a really big week last week. Uh, obviously get right game for the offense as a whole, um, fantasy wise. Wasn't fantastic, but that's cause you know, the game was over uh, about as fast as it started. Um, do you have, I have to ask the question because of the weeks they just had, uh, do you have any concerns about starting Travis Kelsey or Tyree
1: Hill? No, I mean, Kelsey's dropped like a couple spots just on tight end rankings, but you're absolutely playing them unless you have two of the top, you know, four.
2: Yeah, you're playing
0: both of them. All right. And then, uh,
1: can you start both Clyde Edward D Lair and Daryl
0: Williams, who Williams has actually put up double digit points, uh, each of the last two, uh,
1: weeks. And that's with CEH, uh, you know, active and playing as well. You can start Williams in a pinch. Um, last week, like you said, is really hard to figure out snaps wise because it was such a blowout. Uh, they used a lot of Derek Gore, thirty percent of the snaps, and Edward Solaire and Daryl Williams split it up thirty-four each. So I still think Ceh is the lead back. He's the one you want to play. I got him up at RB fifteen for the scoring potential. Uh, but Daryl Williams, if you're stuck, he's my running back thirty-six. Um, he could be a flex play if you lose some players to COVID. He's he's got a shot at a touchdown. He's been catching the ball, so not the worst play in the world, but I, I like CEH a lot more than Darrell Williams.
2: I agree with CEH over Williams. I'm probably a little more optimistic on Williams overall, though. I have him as my RB29. Like we gotta remember that the Chargers are one of the best matchups for opposing running backs and have been all season. Like we we've seen plenty of teams have multiple running backs be viable in fantasy against them. I I mean, he's running more routes than CEH is. He's not getting the goal line work, but if the Chargers are trying to prevent the deep ball from Patrick Mahomes, and that's where Daryl Williams can do his damage on short screens. So I kind of like the spot for him actually.
1: Yeah. And, and before last week, it was kind of a split of like 50% CEH snaps to 45 Daryl Williams. So Yeah, Williams was seeing a lot of work. Um, I do wonder, at CEH, you know, he's coming back from that injury. Maybe they start ramping him up a little more. But Williams has certainly earned a spot on this roster and a, a role in this offense.
0: Yeah, I was actually just gonna gonna say, obviously snaps last week are weird, but two weeks ago, you know, Kansas City didn't blow out Denver by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, um, they were only uh, ahead by a single touchdown uh, at, at the end of the first half, and you know, much closer snap share there. Obviously, CH is getting a lot more rushing attempts, um, but Darrell Williams, you know, very involved in the passing game, and if you're in PPR, uh, you know, the, yeah. you'll take that. So, uh, I mean, it goes without saying that you would start, you would rank. The running backs in this game, obviously Eckler and C.H. at the top, but then Daryl Williams above any Chargers running back, regardless of Eckler's status. So, uh, you know, you got Daryl Williams. You can probably start him. Uh, if you're in a, in a tight bind and uh, you need someone to start this week in, uh, you know, quarterback, tight end, or defense, obviously running back, and wide receiver. we're going to do our best to help you. But quarterback, tight end, defense, a little bit easier. Ryan, um, after taking a week off, uh, having some time to reevaluate your your streaming ideology and the way you think about it, Uh, who are your, who are your streamers?
2: I I wish I could tell you that I've completely reevaluated my streaming ideology, but I I don't have that time or energy, even when I'm taking a week (laughs) off the podcast. All right. So at quarterback this week, I've got Tua Tungavaloa. He's playing the Jets. Uh, the dolphins are favored by like six points this week, which is really fun and not something that happens a lot other than the last time they played the jets. Uh, I mean the entire running back room has COVID. So maybe we're going to see a slightly pass heavier game plan than we normally would. He just showed us 40 pass attempts in a win against the giants before they're I really like this spot for Tua. He has waddle and Parker both healthy. Now that this could be be like a serviceable fantasy quarterback in matchups like this. So I have him as QB 13. I would play him over Lamar Jackson if we're worried about his injury. Um, but other than that, I just say he's like top of the streaming tier for me. All
0: right. Uh, and I imagine Taysom Hill is finally about 50% rostered.
2: Uh, yes, he is. He, he was around 60% when I looked last night, I believe he's my QB 10 hey, this week.
0: <laughs> it's okay. You know, it's only so many times can we tell people to pick up, uh, Taysom Hill. So, uh, good job, everyone way to get him above that 50% mark. Uh, yeah, he's a 58% rostered two straight weeks now of, uh, of, you know, 26 plus points in fantasy. So he's still out there for a lot of leagues and if he's out there for yours. Uh, go get him. Uh, what about a tight end? Who, who are you looking to start?
2: Yeah, so at tight end like everybody is above 50% rostered unfortunately. So we and th- that includes guys like Jared Cook by the way is on like 60% of Yahoo teams. I'm I'm not sure what the deal with that is. Um but I have Tyler Conklin this week. So sorry. This we, we're going back to this well. He <laughs> is 46% rostered so just barely makes it in. The target volume really hasn't been there lately, besides that nice nine target week 13 he had. We were hoping there could be more of a bump uh, with dealing out, but that didn't materialize, obviously. But I, I just can't talk myself into any other option, really. Like, we're looking at guys like Ricky Seals Jones that just got out snapped by John Bates. Like, I, I don't think there's any other even close to viable streamer this week so we're just kind of on tyler conklin by default
0: Well, I'll, I'll say this, uh, about 14 tight ends. It's exactly 14 tight ends are rostered in more than 80% of Yahoo leagues. Um, and then you still have Pat Fryermuth at 68%. Um, so that's 15 tight ends that are, are in, you know, rostered already in more than two thirds of Yahoo leagues. I think we're at the time of year where you're seeing a lot of teams, you know, the teams that picked up Fryermuth throughout the year. The teams that picked up, you know, Dawson Knox or, um, you know, maybe Mike Isiki was available. They probably didn't drop their tight end uh, because they were probably looking to supplement a guy like Dallas Goddard or Zach Ertz. um, And and so they could feel a little bit better. Uh, So there's, you know, for the teams out there that are looking for someone on the wire, it's probably the teams like, like a lot of mine where you've got Darren Waller or TJ Hawkinson and you don't have a backup. So uh, with that, you know, in mind, you know, Conklin still ranks higher for, for you guys than some, you know, roster tight ends, uh, like Jared Cook, for example. Uh, Hunter Henry um, is rostered in over 60% of leagues, and uh, you have him pretty significantly below Tyler Conklin. Um, Noah Fant, uh, you guys are split on, but uh, Ryan, you have Conklin ahead of Fant, and he's rostered in over 80% of leagues. Um, Eric has Noah Fant at, at tight end 12. So it, these are you know, some, some decision points you might have to make at tight end, and, and Conklin is the most readily available option uh, out there.
2: Yeah, he's really just the only guy that we've seen command volume throughout the year at different points. Aside from, as I mentioned, Ricky Seals Jones, but we don't know how healthy he is, and mm-hmm. that's really tough to trust when he's not playing a full snap share. And I on Noah Fant, he just got out targeted by Alberto, who's I will not say the entire last name, but I I just don't know where we're at with these Broncos pass catchers at this point. Like I, I'm pretty down on all of them. I think so. Yeah, that's unfortunately where we're at.
0: Yeah, and and just to your point on on Ricky Seals Jones, who some people might remember as being really good earlier in the year when he was healthy and Logan Thomas wasn't, and are looking at the same exact situation now. Um, when Seals Jones was the the number one tight end on the depth chart, he was playing you know ninety plus percent of the snaps. This past week, only played forty six percent of the snaps. Um, he was still the the number one tight end in terms of usage, but um, he wasn't being uh, you know on the field as often as he was early in the year. So definitely, I mean, if his snapshot gets back up to what it was uh, before, he's certainly a lot more interesting, Uh, but I don't, I don't think you can bank your first week of the playoffs on Ricky Seals Jones jumping in snapshot from 46% to something usable, like 90%. Uh, And then defense, if you're out there streaming defense and yet you missed the boat on uh, all of the the defenses that got picked up on the waiver wire and you're, uh, you know, having to pick up, you know, whatever's left over, uh, who are you looking to to add here, uh, Ryan?
2: Yeah, Cleveland is still just under 50% rostered in Yahoo. I really like their spot this week. They're home favorites against the Raiders. They're implied only 19 points. That's my, one of the lowest totals of the week. Um, the weather calls for a lot of rain. I haven't seen the wind forecast, which is what's most important, but could be a really ugly game. And I just got to suffer through the Raiders this past week. And Derek Carr doesn't seem to want to make any big plays. So we'll, <laughs> we'll just say that and leave it there.
0: Well, there, there's some talk that uh, Carr might be uh, sidelined in favor of Marcus Mariota. We saw him a handful of times out there in, in kind of gadget plays this past week. I don't think it'll actually happen, uh, but that reporting is out there. Um and I I actually think that probably makes Cleveland even more exciting as a defense if Mariota is the one under center. Uh let me just ask you real quick there's a couple of other defenses that were in the most added among Yahoo and are still under 50% rostered and that's the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings. Um both uh under 40% rostered. Uh, Philadelphia's uh facing Washington, uh, Minnesota's facing Chicago. Uh, any interest in either of those defenses? Do they rank even close to Cleveland for you? Um you know what what's your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I would actually rank the Eagles above Cleveland, I think. I, I think that as hapless as Vegas has been, I think Washington has looked even worse as of late. So I'd go with Philadelphia. It's the same thing. They're also favorite at home. So that works out for me. Um, and then Minnesota, I think you can play them. They're fine. I would prefer Cleveland. I think Justin Fields has been playing a lot better lately, and I'm kind of excited to see what happens.
1: Yeah, I think one good thing about the Eagles is their schedule. It's Washington, then New York, and then Washington again, especially if Taylor Heineke is banged up and not playing. So it's a really nice three-week schedule. And uh, if you just look at the box scores here, like, sure, they only put up five fantasy points against the Jets and Giants the last two games, but uh, they only gave up 13 and 18 points. Like, you know, those defensive scoring can kind of fluctuate if you don't get that touchdown or a couple fumble recoveries. So uh, the defense is playing relatively well and a really nice schedule the next three weeks for Philadelphia.
0: Uh, cool. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get into the actual, you know, the real, the real positions here, right? Where it all counts. And that's running back and wide receiver. Um, uh, but before we do that, obviously between now and Saturday, as we've got some games on Saturday this week, a lot will change. Um, there'll probably be a lot more players placed on the COVID reserve list or close contacts or, uh, you know, James Conner injury news comes out, stuff like that. Uh, obviously, you know, we can't react to all of that, but what you can do is come on over to our discord server. Uh, you go to pitcher list.com plus, Sign up for PL Plus and you get access to the entire uh, QB list staff. You can ask all of us your questions Saturday morning, Sunday morning as you're setting your lineups. Um, You know, we're here to help with all kinds of leagues, um, dynasty leagues, guillotine leagues, uh, two team leagues, 20 team leagues. We're here for it all. DFS as well. So, um, you know, come on down, come talk to us with all your your questions. Um, And as we move forward in this podcast, just remember, um, we're talking about 12 team PPR leagues. Uh, If you're in a standard league, if you're in a deeper league, just keep that in mind as as we talk about these players. Uh, It might, you know, kind of change our evaluation there. Uh, But let's talk about running backs. Uh, The first kind of the big news and the positive news, uh, Michael Carter is coming off the IR and uh, head coach Robert Saleh has already said that he's going to play this week against the Dolphins. Uh, Bad news. Tevin Coleman also returned to practice, which I mean, I guess it's good news for Tevin. Good for you. Uh, bad for fantasy teams because, uh, you know, Carter coming back from an injury, coming off of IR, uh, can we just fire him up right away? Especially if Coleman, who was the RB1 in uh, Carter's absence, uh, is going to be healthy and playing as well.
1: Yeah, it's we're really gonna have to listen to the coaching here, what they say about Carter, what their expectations are. I mean, he was, he's obviously our favorite of the bunch, he was looking really good. Uh, Before he got hurt, um, he had like a 70% snap game and a a 60% snap game. So he was definitely leading the way. Uh, I would want to play Carter. I would be a little worried, though. And uh, you just throw in the fact that it's the Jets' offense, too, and maybe the upside isn't the greatest. I think you can make a pretty good case for uh, in a playoff game not trusting him this week. So um, all these – everyone returning at once – Puts everyone else off the table. So unless uh, a couple of these players don't make it back, you're sitting the rest of them. So it's really just Carter for me. And I'd, I'd be hesitant to put them out there this week.
0: Ryan, what's your, what's your enthusiasm about playing Michael Carter?
2: Not very high. Uh, just just kind of shooting from the hip here because th- this news is new to me. As I said before the podcast, uh, half the stuff that miles is going to say today, I haven't even read the news for yet. So that's, <laughs> that's how crazy today has been. But just shooting from the hip, I'd probably end up ranking him around RB 26, 27, and like that Devontae Freeman, Chuba Hubbard type of range. So I think he's a possible flex, but he's not someone you're rushing to play.
0: Yeah, for whatever it's worth, uh, prior to the injury, Carter had uh, seen double-digit um, rushing attempts in uh, six straight games, um, and then even going all the way back to week two uh, because he had uh, nine rush attempts in week three and then 11 rush attempts in week two. So that would be eight straight games for him in double digits. Uh, Scored double digits in PPR uh, every single week uh, during that stretch, except for one, and that was against the Colts. So, um, you know, Carter was getting quite a bit of work, uh, scoring quite a bit on a Jets offense that I think through that time had seen three different quarterbacks as well. Uh, So he he was able to be relevant, you know, kind of regardless. And I don't really think we saw too much of the other running backs during that time. Um, you know, a handful of attempts from Ty Johnson, a handful of attempts from Tevin Coleman, um, Austin Walter existed for like a week. So it's, uh, it's just the kind of thing where I think Michael Carter, uh, you know, you, you could feel pretty good about his workload, assuming that he is healthy. Um, and it sounds like based on, on the way Sally was talking about him, that he is, uh, running backs that did not practice today, uh, Give me your uh, one through 10, Eric. Do you expect that this was just a rest day? That's a one and you're not worried about it. A 10 being like, I don't think they're going to play this week. Um, we'll start with Leonard Fournette uh, down in Tampa Bay. He did not practice today.
1: Yeah, we'll go uh, two, rest day. All right, Tony Pollard. I'm still skeptical. I- I'm going to put like a seven here.
0: Yeah, it did come out after the podcast last week where we thought Paula we were like, oh, he's probably fine. Uh, he did tear his plantar fascia during during like a 56-yard touchdown run. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it's very, very painful to tear your plantar fascia. Very important for running. Uh, so definitely can
1: understand why they're, they're taking their time with him. Uh, Kareem Hunt? I assumed he wasn't playing, so I'm going to put him at like a nine here. Um, uh, I don't know. Did I miss some news that uh, leads us to believe he could play? No, but he didn't okay. practice,
0: and okay. that was apparently newsworthy according yeah. to Roto World. No, that's uh, nine. Sa-
1: that's nine then. <laughs> Saquon Barkley. Uh, that that's like a. I'll, I'll bump it up to a three just because it's Barkley, but I would expect him to play. And then finally, Elijah Mitchell. It's hard to know about this knee. I, I'm going to put him at a, a seven until further notice. I'm I'm worried. I, I don't know if he's coming back yet or not. All
0: right. And then obviously with Pollard, it's just play Ezekiel Elliott. Um, that that hasn't changed. Uh, Kareem Hunt being out. Does that change how you feel about Darnus Johnson? Like, should he be rostered in a lot more leagues? Um, keep in mind, Nick Chubb did already get COVID earlier this year. So he, uh, per NFL protocols, is not going to be put back on the uh, COVID reserve list. Uh, he has... Um, uh, and antibody, uh, immunization, whatever they've officially termed it. Uh, so you don't have to worry about him other than an injury, but, um, you know, we've seen Dearness Johnson play really well. Is he someone that you want to roster with Kareem Hunt, uh, going to miss time?
1: I think he's worth a spot, but he's kind of pure handcuff territory. This offense is not as good as it was when it could support two running backs. Um, not to mention, you know, Dearness Johnson looks good, but he's not as good as Hunt. And then, you know, Wyatt Teller's out this week. That hurts their offensive line strength. And it's just the team's in such a mess that I would not consider him kind of Kareem Hunt-White. He's more handcuffed range for me.
0: Okay. Um,
1: Saquon Barkley,
0: if he does miss this week, is Devontae Booker startable uh, as the Giants take on uh, the Dallas Cowboys?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's even got work with uh, Barkley around. So, yeah, I I don't expect Barkley to miss. But if he were out, he's going to get some work.
0: Okay. Um, And then uh, running backs who returned to practice on Wednesday, uh, Damian Harris, uh, Ryan, as our resident Patriots expert, Uh, what do you expect to see this week with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson um, from from New England after coming out of their bye week?
2: Yeah, knowing that he practiced today, I expect he'll probably be active on game day, um, but won't necessarily be getting the full complement of snaps. Especially after Ramondre Stevenson looked so good against the Bills, getting 23 carries with Harris missing time during that game and still carried the load, didn't fumble, didn't mess up anything that Bill wanted to happen in that game. So I think that they're probably not going to try to rush him back too much. I would honestly expect Ramondre to probably lead the way in carries in this game if both are active.
0: So does that mean if both are active that they're both interesting or neither of them are interesting? Or is it is it a one or the other situation?
2: Yeah, if both are active, I think they both become less interesting. I don't think this game is going to be particularly high scoring. Um, but if Harris isn't active, then I have Stevenson as a rock solid RB2.
0: Okay, um, Eric. I, I noticed you have you're a bit lower on Ramondre Stevenson. Um, you have him around r- running back thirty. Uh, if he is that with assumption, Damian Harris was going to play, um, or is that even without Damian Harris, you're just not that interested as they as they face you know a really really tough run defense in the Colts.
1: No, that was with Harris expected to play. I've got Harris up at RB 22. So I'm just kind of expecting a 50-50 split, something like that, 60-40. Uh, so I, I would be interested. Like, I know the Colts have given up the fifth fewest PPR points to running backs, but in some ways I feel like the Patriots are a little like immune to that kind of stuff. I mean, they've got such a good defense. You know, they're going to run the ball. Like the Patriots aren't, aren't going to get shut down, I think, on the ground. So there's something to go around here for both of these teams. They're playing well. Both running backs are talented. So I think you can start them both. Um, but it's going to be a little sketchy, yeah, like obviously with the health and then just with this shared workload, but they're both in that RB two to RB three range for me. And if Harris is out, I, I agree. Stevenson's are a really good play this week. All
0: right. And then just keep in mind that game is on Saturday. Um, so on the good news, you'll know a little bit earlier if you're starting, uh, Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson or both or neither. Uh, but you'll be able to make that decision a little bit earlier. Uh, and can, you know, adjust accordingly if necessary. Um, Let's move on to Philadelphia. Miles Sanders did get in a a limited practice on Wednesday um, as he uh, deals with an ankle uh, injury. And then Jordan Howard uh, also practiced on a limited basis on Wednesday. Um, He has not played since week 11 uh, with uh, the knee injury. So, you know, as we weren't really sure what we'd be getting from Sanders or Howard uh, coming off the bye week. Uh, Boston Scott was one of the most added running backs on Yahoo uh, as he would be the one to gain, um, you know, in, in a situation where neither of them can play. What are you, where's your head at as you kind of track Sanders and Howard's health, uh, Ryan?
2: Yeah, my head is at Miles Sanders. Gashing the Jets the week before the bye and then getting hurt and being really mad about it. Um so, so I'm kinda just in the mode of like just Zen hope that Miles <laughs> Sanders is okay and can play. And I think if he is active, then he's gonna lead the way, especially after how he just played. So I wouldn't worry too much about Jordan Howard if both are active. I think Sanders is still like a back end RB two flex type of play. All right, Eric,
1: what do you think? I generally agree. I'm I'm more optimistic with Sanders because he did not miss any time. He he got hurt at the end of the game, but he's not coming off a multi week injury here. So I think Miles Sanders, I mean, you know, 120 yards last week or last game he played, sure it was against the Jets, but 120 yards is 120 yards. He had sixty-four on nine carries the week before, ninety-four yards on sixteen carries. He's been ripping it up since he got back from injury. He just needs the workload. And I would expect Jordan Howard, it's a little different because he got a limited practice coming off a multi week injury. So I would like to see Howard at like full practices before I think he's going to eat into Sanders workload. So I agree. Um, it, there's, there's so many complications in this backfield, like Boston Scott didn't play last time out because he had been sick all week. And so Kenneth Gainwell played a ton of snaps. Did that get Gainwell back in the rotation? Like it's really complicated here in Philadelphia, but they're running the ball well. And so if Miles Sanders, we feel good about him being the lead back. I got him RB 23. I just, I think Washington is fading. Um, Their quarterback situation isn't great, and I think Philadelphia is going to be able to run the ball as much as they want to. So I really like Sanders if everything kind of falls his way leading up to kickoff.
0: All right. Uh, Moving on to the most added running backs uh, across Yahoo. Um, Number one, absolutely no surprise. Rashad Penny added in over 400,000 leagues after the week that he just had. Uh, But number two, another uh, running back who, uh, you know, really got a a lot of work as uh, you know, the other running backs ahead of him were hurt. And that's Royce Freeman uh, who got 11 carries uh, in that same exact game uh, with the Seahawks. So uh, how badly do you want to start Rashad Penny and Royce Freeman?
1: (laughs) Man, Rashad Penny. There's been so much going on this week. I forgot that Rashad Penny is a thing now. So, um, the the fact that they're at Los Angeles playing the Rams is kind of the the cold water on this for me. I've got Penny RB twenty five. I do think he's worth picking up, and I think he's worth starting if you need to. Um, It was still you know fifty seven percent of the snaps last week. So let's not pretend that you know he was some workhorse out there for 80% but he looked good and hey I I think you can ride the hot hand at this point I just don't love the matchup against Los Angeles so um, that's kind of where I'm at with Penny but I mean the rest of that backfield's so bad that I I do think it's his backfield for as long as he stays healthy
2: I would agree I mean he's the type this time of year that even if you don't want to play him because of a bad matchup you should be picking him up to make sure he can't be played against you uh, because other teams might need running back depth more than you do, and he he is some easy running back depth right now. So, yeah, I think he could potentially be interesting down the stretch, though. I mean, they get the Bears next week, I believe. That's a way better matchup. Russ has looked better as of late. That He could be pretty interesting in the fantasy playoffs.
0: All right, and then uh, I noticed you both uh, didn't want to answer the question about Royce Freeman. I know David Johnson is back, but Rex Burkhead is out, and Burkhead did have 44% of the snaps last week. So uh, <laughs> Royce Freeman, again, 11, 11 carries for a grand total of uh, was it 15 yards. So uh, back to the Royce Freeman that we uh, have come to love and expect. But eight targets, six receptions for 51 yards. Makes him very interesting in PPR. Are you interested enough to continue to play him?
1: Yeah, that Texans game last week, like everyone you looked at had a crazy number of targets. Um, I need to do some analysis of that game. He must have just funneled 12 targets to every like all four players on the team because I know Mills was throwing a lot, but uh, it sure seemed like everyone had 10 targets. Um, I like I guess Freeman's interesting in a PPR league. It's a bad team. They've shuffled these running backs around all year, but they get the Jaguars. So maybe something happens this week. Um, If he's getting the passing game work, that is the role that I want on this Houston team. So uh, if I knew he was going to be out there catching passes again, I'm in. It's just they've changed it from week to week. It could be David Johnson this week for all we know.
0: Yeah, I was going to say replacing Rex Burkhead with David Johnson is not good for the Royce Freeman being the pass-catching running back. And then going from playing in Seattle where they lost by 20 to the Jaguars who they've already beat earlier this year uh, and soundly, um, it's it's not like uh, this is going to be a game where Davis Mills needs to throw 49 times again. Um, has anyone checked on Davis Mills' arm, by the way? Like, is he okay? 49 pass attempts. That's a, that's a lot, uh, especially for a guy who's not started much this year. So, uh, All right, um, other... Uh, most added running backs, uh, David Johnson, number three. Um, Don't play either of these guys, please. Uh, Michael Carter, number four, he had been dropped in enough leagues that he uh, shows up as the number four most added running back. Um, He's still available in 31% of Yahoo leagues. Um, Even if you're not comfortable playing him this week, coming out of the IR with the way that he's played uh, this season um, and they get Jacksonville uh, next week, uh, he's definitely someone that you should be rostering. Of course, then they play Tampa Bay and uh, Buffalo. So that's... That's fun. But uh, at least in the meantime, you got uh, two decent matchups here with Miami and Jacksonville. Um, Speaking of Miami, Malcolm Brown, the fifth most added running back, he is uh, practicing this week, uh, is potentially going to be coming back from injured reserve. Uh, Duke Johnson, I believe, is the next person on the Miami Dolphins depth chart. Uh, are you just praying that like miles Gaskin comes back from the COVID reserve list in time, uh, or should we be adding Malcolm Brown in the hopes or not hopes, but like, uh, if there's that potential that he's the number one running back in Miami,
1: I, I just can't do it with Malcolm Brown. I mean, he didn't hit double digit carries at all this year. We've just seen it. I mean, when he was on the Rams, he couldn't really produce when they were, you know, just lighten it up with Gurley at running back. I, I'm just out on Malcolm Brown. He's just more of a, a fantasy nuisance at this point. Glad he's back. Uh, coaches love him. Must be a good locker room presence, but uh, he's not going to be on my rosters.
0: How how dare you uh, say that he didn't perform with the Rams when you know well every year week one, week one. he went off and then we never saw him again. Yep. Uh, or, or I never saw him in fantasy. We saw him plenty in front of like Cam Akers though. Uh, yeah, is there any interest in, in Miami's uh, backfield situation for you, Ryan?
2: No, when as soon as you said the name Malcolm Brown, I just got a vision of Miles Gaskin being active and us being all excited and then Brown getting like 70% of the snaps for some reason, <laughs> and going like nine carries for 24 yards. So that that's where my head is at right now. Um, please don't do this to me. Wow. Yeah, nine, nine
0: hole carries from Malcolm Brown. You're really uh, <laughs> expecting him to, to get the ball a lot there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gaskin placed on, on COVID reserve, I believe on Friday of last week, um, Philip Lindsay, I think was a Monday edition and Salvan Ahmed um, was uh, on Saturday. So based on that timeline, based on what we've seen, Keenan Allen really being one of the faster guys to return from being placed on COVID reserve. Um, it's, it's a real toss up to say if Gaskin or Ahmed will be activated in time for their game on Sunday uh malcolm or sorry yeah, philip Lindsay. probably not so it's it's gonna be one of those three probably gaskin brown or ahmed um if it's only one of them are you interested uh are you
1: interested in, in ahmed if he's the only one who's able to come back yes I, or no I I, just, I I can't trust anyone other than gaskin I, okay. I just and then plus i mean COVID is like you know you you might need some time to ramp up after being sick with COVID. So like, you don't even know how much of a workload they're going to That's get.
0: fair. We have no idea if they're dealing with symptoms or not. Yeah. Uh, that's totally fair. Okay. Um, we talked a lot about a, a lot of the guys already that are on our rankings disputes list. Um, Miles Sanders, reminder Stevenson and Daryl Williams have all come up already. Um, but Eric, you are the high person on Jeff Wilson Jr. I am sure that that has to do with the fact that you don't expect Elijah Mitchell to play this week. Um, However, you are still much higher on uh, Wilson Jr. than Ryan is. So uh, why should we have any interest in playing Jeff Wilson Jr. above the likes of, I'm going to call you out here, above the likes of guys like Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Chuba Hubbard, and Devin Singletary? I really thought I'd have better names on that list to call you.
1: <laughs> Maybe is that the problem? There's no one behind him that's at all interesting. You're you're on to something here for sure. Because uh, I, I can't believe I'm the high man on Jeff Wilson Jr. I'm down on him in general, but I I mean you know they play the Falcons. That's obviously a good thing. Uh, they're giving up the sixth most, uh, seventh most running back points this year. So that I mean that's huge. And then we really did not see um, Jamichael Hasty take hardly any work from him last week against the Bengals. Um, it was really. Uh, Wilson wasn't great, but it was his backfield. He saw 60% of the snaps. They're getting Debo the ball, obviously, but um, I I think in a blowout type game, potentially against Atlanta, like you could see them leaning on uh, Wilson with a lead. So it's just a nice matchup. I don't think they have many other options and you'll probably get a touchdown out of them. I feel pretty good about that. So um, yeah, running back 26. I mean, like I've got Rashad Penny ahead of him, if that tells you anything, but um, I, I still think you can start Jeff Wilson Jr.
0: And and one name that I didn't even come up here because um, fantasy pros, uh, he's outside the top 60 on fantasy pros expert consensus rankings, but you have him right there with Jeff Wilson, Jr. I feel like we should talk about him. that's Craig Reynolds, uh, Detroit's uh, surprise starting running back this past week uh, with DeAndre Swift likely to be out again with Jamal Williams status up in the air with him being placed on, on COVID reserve. Again, kind of that tough middle ground where we don't know if he's going to be back or not based on when he was placed on, on COVID reserve is Craig Reynolds, like, are we going back to the Craig Reynolds well in Detroit? Do you think, do you think they're going to play Jamar Jefferson after uh, head coach, Dan Campbell said he wasn't playing cause he was sick last week. Like what's your, what, what do
1: we do with this Detroit backfield? And do we play them? I'm not going to lie. When you, you started talking about Jeff Wilson jr. I was like, Oh, I hope he doesn't see Craig Reynolds there. But uh, <laughs> uh, I've been thinking with Reynolds is just that he does have a shot to be the lead back on, on this team. We've seen lines running back to be pretty valuable in PPR leagues. Um, And he has a legitimate shot. I mean, he had uh, 46% of the snaps last week. Um, Jamar Jefferson wasn't used at all. So I don't know. Like, at some point when you get this low down the ranks, I think I'll take a shot on the snap share. And uh, he produced last week, so maybe he sees more snaps. Matchup against Arizona is terrible. So this is not a strong play. But he went 11 for 83 against the Broncos. So I don't know. It's it's a team that I could see giving carries to a player like, um, you know, Craig Reynolds at the end of the year. Like, they're just – the, all the players they have at running back, um, they're, they're not going forward. They're not going to be playing Reynolds. They're not going to be playing uh, uh, Godwin Igbuyuke. Uh Probably butchered that name. Sorry, Lions fans. But um, they, they probably don't have a spot on this team, so it's just kind of soaking up volume at this point. And, hey, why not Craig Reynolds? Give him, uh, give him 20 carries here against Arizona.
2: I just need to point out that Craig Reynolds went to a college called Cutstown University. <laughs> it's apparently in Pennsylvania. It is in the Division II Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference. <laughs> I, I I'm so I'm I'll just peek behind the curtain. I'm typing his name into Player Profiler like, <laughs> just... as this conversation's happening on the podcast. And Player Profiler does these things where they'll have like jokes or little Easter eggs on the player pages sometimes, like Cooper Cup is like a dark angel or something. Um so I read Cutstown and I'm like, that has to be a joke, right? Like that can't actually be a school. Like this is like a, this is a meme or something, but no, it's, it's a real school. I typed what? it into Google. All right. Well, they go, have a cut, website. Cutstown. I mean, it
0: must make uh, the coach's jobs very easily, uh, easy when they're uh, cutting players from the, right. from the
1: roster. They don't, you know, make the cut and try It's like, well, that's Cutstown, baby. Uh, uh, I was literally going to player profiler as well. Um, his best comparable was uh, Vic Ballard. Uh, and Vic Ballard's best comparable is Alfred Morris. So uh, this is what we're talking about here. Two, two,
0: two degrees <laughs> of Alfred Morris. We'll take it. Uh, and then with, um, uh, other players that you guys have ranked high, the two of you are actually both high on Sony, Michelle, um, and Ryan, you're actually, uh, even higher than Eric is on Sony, Michelle. You got him as a top 10 running back. So, uh, is it, you know, just the volume with Daryl Henderson, you know, both dealing with an injury and on COVID, um, is it the matchup? Why, why do you want to play Sony Michelle so badly? It's really
2: all of those things that this ranking of top 10 does assume that Henderson isn't playing or is severely limited. Um, but I mean, he's seen over 20 carries two weeks in a row. Now hit 90% of the snaps Seattle's a really good matchup for opposing running backs. I there's just not a lot to complain about here. I know we didn't really produce against the Cardinals, but that that's a tough matchup for opposing running backs. I'm not going to hold that against him too much when he's seeing the peripheral volume and usage. So yeah he'd just throw him in the top 10 why not
0: okay and then interestingly uh right now on fantasy pros he's back to back with Deontay Foreman who both of you are low on Eric you have you have Deontay Foreman even lower than you have Craig Reynolds and Jeff Wilson Jr so uh you're the you know you being the low man on Deontay Foreman as the uh, Titans play the uh, Steelers uh what's up there why don't you like Deontay
1: Well, I didn't like him last week. I I called him my surprising sit, and I basically said against the Jaguars, I don't think he's going to do a whole lot. He may get you a touchdown, but if he doesn't get that touchdown, uh, you're going to be hurting. He got the touchdown, so he scored 14 PPR points, but 13 carries for 47 yards against the Jaguars. Two catches. I I just don't think the usage is here. I mean, he saw 32% of the snaps last week. Both Dontrell Hilliard and Jeremy McNichols uh, saw more than that. So it's just there's three running backs here they're using. And outside, i hoping for that touchdown. I just I can't really count on much here from Fortman. So that, that's that's my problem with Foreman. At this point of the year, I want players that are getting heavy usage and he's just not getting it.
0: Okay. Um, Totally understandable there. And, and uh, I think that's going to do it for running back. Um, Let's move on to wide receiver. Uh, Some bad news. Terry McLaurin did not practice. Uh, I believe he is dealing with a concussion. Uh, I could be totally wrong about that. Uh, There were so many injuries that I didn't write down the reasons why uh, everyone didn't practice, but I was right. Terry McLaurin uh, did not practice because he's still in the concussion protocols. Uh, So obviously it's going to be tough for him to play this week. Uh, If he does play, are you starting Terry McLaurin?
1: Yeah. If he's playing, uh, you got to roll him out there. He's still though more of a wide receiver to lower end wide receiver too, than we would have hoped coming into the year, but yeah, you can play him. I mean, he's still doing better than Allen Robinson and
0: Calvin Ridley. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't say Calvin Ridley. Uh, I hope, I hope Calvin, that, that you're getting the help that you need. We just really want to see you on the field, man. You're really good at football. Uh, also practicing in full great news. Debo Samuel, um, you know, we saw him this past week a little bit limited um but he is you know practicing in full so hopefully we'll see you know uh, you know hopefully we'll see wide receiver De- Debo Samuel too only one yeah. target this past week but it doesn't really matter for fantasy purposes how he's getting the work if he's going to be out there more uh is Debo Samuel just an automatic start for you
1: yeah he's an automatic start I, everything you said i want him to be a receiver again and that would be great but uh you can't mess with it right now he's running hot keep rolling him out there does the same hold
0: for Brandon Ayuk? Is he with Debo Samuel, you know, practicing in full Um, if Elijah Mitchell is back and that means less of running back Debo Samuel. um, Is that someone that you're more concerned about starting?
1: Yeah, that's the key is if Elijah Mitchell's back, then, then you've got Debo back as wide receiver one Kittle is wide receiver one, basically. Um, And that that puts Ayuk as more of a third option and, and the running game. So I think against Atlanta, it probably doesn't matter a ton this week. You can still roll Ayuk out there. He's looked pretty good. He's earned the trust. I, I'd, I'd still be putting him out there as like a wide receiver three if Mitchell's back, but um, it's going to have implications in different matchups this year. So yeah, you're, you're right on it. Watch Mitchell's status as far as Ayuk goes, but um, he's got, you know, he's getting t- 10 plus PPR points most weeks. So you're doing pretty well if you're starting Ayuk right now.
2: Yeah, I agree completely. I- I was going to say exactly what Eric said is that against Atlanta probably doesn't matter. There's a path to a lot of production for this entire offense this week. Um, But yeah, if we do get Debo and more of the pass catching role that he was in before, I I use not like going to go back to like two targets, like he was in the beginning of the year or anything like that. Um, But he becomes less interesting or less exciting to play as like a wide receiver too.
0: Okay, and then um, most added wide receivers this week. There's a lot of guys who are added in over 30,000 leagues on Yahoo. So a lot of wide receivers being added. At this point in the year, you're picking up a wide receiver. You probably need to play them. Uh, That's kind of the situation that you're in. But uh, just tell me real quick, uh, is this someone that you're going to start this week? Or is it someone that you are willing to stash on the bench? um, Or is it someone that you shouldn't have picked up at all? So start, stash, or drop. Uh, I'll start with Devontae Parker, the most added wide receiver across Yahoo.
1: He's wide receiver 29 for me. So you can start him. It's the Jets. Uh, like Ryan said, it's going to be pass heavy. So I do like Parker this week.
2: Start him.
1: Uh, AJ Green. Yep. I got him one spot behind, wide receiver 30.
2: Yeah. With Hopkins out, start him. Uh, Gabriel Davis.
1: Yeah. He's a little bit down. I got him wide receiver 37. I am very intrigued, though, um, but I, he is probably still behind uh digs and beasley so he's a he's a flex if you need him but i do like the upside with davis so you, you'd you keep him on the bench you'd stash him yeah no, i definitely want to stash him see okay. how this plays out without emmanuel sanders but I, I think you can play him if you need to okay
2: it's a no for me on gabe davis um i've seen a lot of twitter takes recently about how insanely efficient he's been on his first hundred targets and then like comparing what he's done to digs is like first hundred targets in his career and it's like really similar so wow he must be as good as Stefan Diggs no it took Gabe Davis so long to earn that many targets and it did not take Diggs that long Tar- targets are earned people I, yeah I'm not into Gabe Davis at all
1: well no I okay. don't think he's Diggs by any means but I mean he was on the field 83% of the snaps last week so he's gonna be out there with a good quarterback so I, that, that's kind of where I'm at with Davis but I um, mean he, he scores touchdowns you know I think fantasy wise he's a lot more intriguing maybe than he is real life
0: I don't know, Eric, this is, I'm going to, this is going to be a deep pull here, but uh, it sounds to me like you do think Gabriel Davis is the same as you thought Stefan Diggs was at the start of last season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, deep, deep pull there. If you listen to last year's sit start podcast, you'll remember Eric ring Stefan Diggs in like the low thirties and wide receivers to start the season. That was also uh, before
1: Josh Allen uh, ascended to uh, his current form. So that's I don't true. know. I'll give myself a little pass on that one. That's yeah, true. I think, I think that we, was pretty
2: close to consensus last year. I think everybody kind of missed on Diggs. A year ago. Yeah,
1: but I
0: don't have everyone on this podcast. <laughs> uh, and I also have the benefit of not doing any rankings myself, so I don't have to defend any bad decisions that I make. Uh, uh,
1: start Stashers or drop Amon Ross, Satan Brown. Yeah, he's a Stash. He's getting some nice volume lately, so he's like a emergency option if someone misses.
2: Yeah, Stash, but if you need to drop him for a handcuff or th- something, I think that's fine.
1: Uh, Rashad Bateman. He's a tough one for me. I feel like I flip flop on him every week. Um, I'm just, I'm gonna say he's worth a stash, but kind of similar to the last one. You could drop him if you need to, personally.
2: More interested in him, stash. Uh, I think even a, a desperation start is okay. Um, I am just higher on Bateman as a talent.
1: Uh,
0: KJ Osborne.
1: Yeah, you can start him. Uh, I got him wide receiver 31. So right in that Parker, AJ Green range um, against the Giants and, uh, or I'm sorry, against the, the Bears. And he, he came through last week. So I'll start him if you need to.
2: Yeah, same deal. Desperation start. He's my wide receiver 41.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, last three, Josh Reynolds, Christian Kirk, Cole Beasley. Uh, definitely start Kirk. Um, Beasley is a little more borderline uh, wide receiver 36. And uh, Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds, yes, the exciting name that I forgot about. Now nah, he's more of a uh, stash drop if if you need to.
2: Yeah, same same opinions as Eric. Uh, with Beasley, I don't see Buffalo just getting into a shootout in a negative game script against Carolina, so probably not the best type of game for Cole Beasley.
0: Okay. Um, and then, you know, we talked a little bit about KJ Osborne and Gabriel Davis already. Why Eric is, is high on them. Um, but Eric, you're also high on Tyler Boyd. Um, I mean, not super high. You have him like back end, uh of the thirties, but that's still about 10 spots higher than consensus and Ryan. So um, why is Tyler Boyd borderline startable for you?
1: Yeah, he's just, he's finally seeing the work. Um, he was just, he really dried up the middle of the season, but um, he's had, you know, eight targets, seven targets, five targets. Those are three of the last four games. He did have a dud week, but, um, I don't know, Burrow has look, just looked so good recently. Uh, they are in complete Like every week is a playoff game for the Bengals right now. Um, they're getting the ball more to Boyd. He's, he's, he's productive when they give him the ball. So it's just the point of the year where if I can get a receiver with a talented quarterback, I'll take my chances. So again, wide receiver 39, it's not super high, but, um, I'd rather play him than, uh, you know, trying to pick one of these Giants receivers or something like that. That's basically what he thought's in for me. Uh, the Giants
0: wide receivers. if, yeah. if that, That's the most fun game uh, every week of uh, who's actually going to be on the field. Uh, Ryan, uh, you are the high person on Devontae Smith. Um, You have him as like a wide receiver, two, Whereas uh, Eric and consensus have him closer to uh, wide receiver three range. Uh, almost almost flex range for them. Uh, why are you starting Devontae Smith?
2: Yeah, so when the Eagles have to throw, Devontae Smith produces. When when there is passing volume in Philadelphia, it goes to Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard a little bit more recently. Um, but I think there's a chance that Washington could get out to a bit of a lead, like not like a crazy lead, but a score or two just with this ball control offense that they've been playing. And I could see Jalen Hurts having to throw the ball a little bit more. I mean, he had a bit of a minor ankle injury coming out of that game against the Giants before the bye as well. Maybe he's not going to be running around as much. Maybe that's also a few added pass attempts. So I kind of like how Devontae Smith tees up here. And we've seen when he booms, it's two touchdowns and 20-plus PPR fantasy points. So I like him as a bet kind of similar to somebody like Mike Williams.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah. Man, that makes sense. And he's definitely someone I think you know has played well this year. I think people want generally want to start him. So uh, hopefully that gave you the confidence to actually do so. Um. And then a couple of wide receivers that you guys are are low on uh, compared to consensus. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., who is like a you know wide receiver two for consensus. You guys have a more like you know if you're in a two wide receiver league, you might not be starting Michael Pittman. So uh, Ryan, as the low low person on Pittman. Uh, and, and, you know, he's playing against your Patriots. Is is that the main reason why you don't want to start Pittman?
2: It really is. I mean, I think the Patriots are going to get a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz. And we know that he doesn't play that well when he's being pressured. Um, and also against these teams that have like one clear number one dominant receiver, Belichick loves to stick safety help on him and pretty much just neutralize him for the entire game and make sure that he can't get loose. So I think this is probably looking more like a floor game for Pittman. I still have him ranked wide receiver 30, like you you can flex him if you want, but I'm just not expecting huge things from him.
0: Okay. Um, Marvin Jones, I I don't really want to talk about Marvin Jones. This whole Jacksonville offense is on the downhill, but, um, he scored 13 points in PBR last week. He's still rostered in 54% of leagues and that's uh, 54% and technically climbing. Um, he was, uh, 1% more rostered today than he was yesterday. Uh, Eric, uh, you know, you're pretty low on Marvin Jones. Why is he not startable?
1: It's just, I mean, I know it's a Houston matchup, but the, the offense is just broken. Um, I mean, they're playing Laquan Treadwell out there with them. It's just, it's a bad scene in Jacksonville. I, I just don't know what else to say. All the news around Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence is trying his best, but it's just, I mean, I, I watched clips on Twitter, of people breaking down this offense and the receivers seem to be like on different pages. They're very slow getting off the line. Like the whole timing of this offense is just off and, you know, six for 70, that's like his boom week. And I, I just would rather go with other options personally. Okay. Um,
0: And that's pretty much going to do it for wide receivers. Is there any other receivers that you feel like we need to touch on uh, before we move on to quarterback?
1: I would just say it's getting harder and harder to play Jerry Judy. Um, We've kind of hinted at the Broncos passing game and I still think he's really talented and maybe they'll have to put up some points with the Bengals, but there's just so many options in Denver. Um, So I, I just, I think it's getting to the point of the year where I'd rather take my chances with, even like a Darnell Mooney, whose their offense has been struggling, but he's the clear lead receiver. Like, I just I don't know. I'm just at the point with Jerry Judy where just give me Devonte Smith with a lower passing game volume, but he's the lead in the passing attack. Like, I just I can't do it anymore with the Denver receivers.
0: Yeah, I, great call out. Uh, last three weeks for Judy, he's had three, six, and six targets. So. Um, And that's, you know, that's the kind of volume you see across the offense. Cortland Sutton, um, three, six, and two targets during that time. Tim Patrick, three, five, and five. Um, You know, the tight ends we mentioned, Fant and um, Albert uh, O also getting, you know, I mean, you know, they're both getting uh, around four targets a game, Um, plus the running backs chopping up the work. There's just too many semi-uninteresting, semi-interesting names in Denver, Uh, and it's just Teddy Bridgewater can't keep them all. Uh, relevant. Although when they play Detroit and they can run all over them, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon can both have great games uh, and hopefully they can do that against Cincinnati too. So Eric uh, really, can you just do a, one a solid for the whole fantasy community and just tell the Bengals to roll over on, uh, on Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. That'd be cool. Uh, all right. Quarterback. Uh, we mentioned a little bit earlier, Jalen hurts with uh, the ankle sprain. Uh, he did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, at least I don't think he did. Um, I could be totally wrong about that, but he is dealing with, uh, uh, they think it's a high ankle sprain. Um, it was a limited practice on Wednesday. Sorry about that. And uh, Garner Minshew played well enough in a spot start uh, that you know I, I don't know that they uh, would completely rule that out. Um, even if he does play, is he going to run as much as we expect him to uh, with that ankle sprain? So, uh, what's your level of concern with hurts? Uh, if you have hurts, should you you know make sure you still have a second quarterback like you did last week when you were on the bye? um as someone who had hurts and started taylor heineke last week i'll just mm-hmm. tell you right now i already dropped heineke so i'm gonna have to go pick up someone else uh ahead of hurts but what's your level of concern for hurts and are you playing him if he's playing
1: i i think i'm playing him if he's playing well i mean i know i am i have my quarterback six uh, i i think a couple reasons he's so relying on his legs that i just find it hard to believe they're going to roll him out there if he can't run very well so i expect if he plays he's going to be mobile and Washington is really bad against the pass anyway. They've gotten better recently for sure, but um, they're giving up, you know, plays in the passing game. So I I just think between, you know, he's got some chemistry going with Goddard and Devontae Smith is, you know, an intriguing player. So I just, there's enough reasons to like Hertz here. Um, As long as he's not a statue back there, I think we're in good shape.
2: Yeah, I agree. If he plays, you're playing him, especially with this matchup. But yeah, i think it's a good idea to have a backup plan going into the weekend i there are a few guys that i think are viable spot starts i already talked about tua um but justin fields and even jimmy garoppolo are guys i wouldn't mind rolling out there
0: yeah i'm actually uh trying to figure out who to add um to my team that i have jalen hurts on uh as my backup option i mean Tua Tagovailoa of is gonna be the ad and i just have to figure out who the drop is and this is a, a deep standard league so there's not um not a lot of good options on the wire, so I'm I'm loath to drop uh, Jamison Crowder. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the point that I'm at in my league. Uh, okay, Lamar Jackson did not practice. Um, he's dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, I believe uh, Baltimore, you know, it, it, there's not a lot of optimism, but there's, I don't, I don't know, there's not a lot of you know great news out of there about Lamar Jackson. Um, they did sign Josh Johnson from the Jets practice squad, so we might see Josh Johnson starting quarterback part, part two this year. Um, do you expect Lamar Jackson to play? And again, as someone who, you know, is, I mean, Lamar is probably even more reliant on running than Jalen Hurts is. Maybe not more, maybe the same. Uh, do you want to start Lamar Jackson this week?
1: See, I'm more worried about him because Hurts had a week off in the bye. So he's had some more time. This is pretty quick here for Lamar. They're playing a good Packers team too. That just, I don't know. I don't think there's easily exploitable as Hurts' matchup. So I've got Jackson at QB 11 um if that's if he plays you know maybe if the practice reports are good you raise him up a spot or two but I, I am looking for other options I'm definitely looking having a backup in place but um yeah I, I think you can do better than Lamar this week I he's been struggling anyway and then you throw on a bad ankle it's, it's just this is one to avoid if you can
2: yeah Lamar is somebody that actually could get maybe pushed out there if he shouldn't just with where the Ravens are at in the playoff race right now that Mm -hmm. we're probably not as concerned about them doing to Jalen hurts. So even if he's active, if it smells like smoke, then it's probably a fire and I would be looking for other really good options. Like there there's guys like Joe Burrow that are probably rostered, but you could have him possibly. Um, I mean, there's Tua as we've talked about and yeah, there's options that you can make work.
0: There's a there's a whole uh, uh, large population of our listeners there that that you just uh, uh, absolutely jolted into a shock like oh god I have to wake up from my nap uh, <laughs> I did
2: it to myself too it's really bad
0: <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that 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 that's not I'm definitely uh, Pavloved into thinking like oh my god I gotta wake up now uh, all right and then the other quarterback we have to talk about if he's startable. Um, as much as, you know, we hate to, to have to do this, but I mean, Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson startable this week. Uh, they play the Rams in LA. It's going to be a tough divisional game. Um, he looked better against Houston, but I mean, it's Houston. Um, you know, should you be looking for someone to start over Russell Wilson?
1: Yes, but I wouldn't go too far down the list here. Um, You know, Rams have given up about the seventh fewest points to quarterbacks, so definitely not a good matchup here. Wilson has certainly looked better recently, though. Um, So he's in – he's QB 13 for me, and, like, the QB 11 through 16 range is really tight this week. Uh, But, I mean, Wilson's given us two top ten performances in the last two weeks – or in the last three weeks. Now, they were both QB 9, so um, he hasn't been blowing it up. But, like, I don't know. I, I think you can play him if you need to. Um, but I, I have Kirk Cousins ahead of him personally. Um, uh, that's kind of the range above him. Uh, but I would start him over Burrow, uh, Fields. I just I do think there's some safety here with Wilson, and um, they have the deep ball. Like you know, he still got two talented receivers. So I still like Wilson.
2: Yeah, the the game is a 47 point over under, um, but the Seahawks are like six point underdogs. So I understand being worried, but. Russ has looked better the last couple of weeks. He's been delivering somewhat in fantasy. So I think I would trust him over most options that you would probably have. Uh, Taysom Hill would be the one that I would think about playing above him. Probably. Yeah. 47
0: point under. I, it makes me really definitely want to bet the under on that. Cause I feel like most Seahawks Rams games stay under that total. Um, they've hit over that number twice uh, in the last three seasons. So uh, I mean, they only play each other twice a year, so that's, you know, two out of six, but you know, Hey, that, that, you know, I'm, I'm good at math here. Uh, Seahawks Rams tend to be ugly is all I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, you both have Taysom Hill above Russell Wilson. Like we mentioned earlier, Taysom Hill still available in like 40% of Yahoo leagues. I and mean, if he's out there, you should be adding him and starting him. Um, he's a top 10 quarterback for both of you and Justin Fields. Uh, yeah, I know he's behind Tua. Uh, for you, Ryan, you mentioned too, as your streamer of the week, but I know fields is an upside play that both of you like this week. You both have him in your top 16 at quarterback. So not great, but um, if you're streaming and you need someone that can hit a home run, uh, he's someone for you uh, at tight end, some big injuries, some, you know, stuff going on. I mean, obviously, you know, it's nothing new, but Darren Waller still not practicing uh, TJ Hawkinson didn't practice. And then George Kittle also didn't practice. Um, that might just be, he's still recovering from absolutely dominating. Uh, this past weekend. So it could be that. I mean, Eric, you know, you, you saw it. So you, you know what Kittle, you, you know, did. But are, are we at all concerned about Kittle not playing? Um, and do we, we'll start with Kittle. Is there any concern for Kittle not playing?
1: No, not for me. I I'd, I'd expect him to be out there. He's had like over 300 receiving yards in the last two weeks. So I mean, he's just a little tired.
2: Yeah, probably just a rest day. I wouldn't worry him too much about it uh Darren waller not
0: practice did not practice he also didn't practice on tuesday he also has not practiced in a while uh do we have any hope that Darren waller plays this week
1: no i think he probably needs a full week of practice and they are running out of reasons to keep you know trotting out there this year um if he's questionable so i would make plans if you have uh darren waller to start someone else all
0: right and then does the same go for tj hawkinson did not practice with a hand injury and uh Uh, The athletics Chris Burke said that it doesn't sound overly optimistic that Hawkinson will play this week.
1: Yeah, pretty much same boat as Waller. I would expect him to have a full week of practice before he returns. All right.
0: Well, so you, uh, Ryan, you had Tyler Conklin as your stream of the week. Um, Hopefully. I mean, if you have Waller Hawkinson, you already had to get a tight end. Um, you know, at at least for the last week, uh, last two weeks for Waller. Uh, Is there anyone else that comes to mind for you guys that that people should have on the radar? Maybe you should be looking to pick up and start if they're in a bind.
1: I mean, it gets pretty bad, as we talked about earlier. So I do think if like Hunter Henry was dropped in a league, I think he's worth an ad. You're going to see his stat lines and see that uh, he had that, you know, no target game in Buffalo. But that's because nobody had targets. Um, and he was always right on the edge, like depending on touchdowns. So he had a few bad weeks, but like, he's been scoring a ton of touchdowns. So I think Henry could score a touchdown, but after that, it gets pretty grim. Like, uh, James O'Shaughnessy, um, he's getting like 70% of the Jaguar snaps. They play Houston. Uh, he's got six targets each of the last two weeks. Like it's not pretty, but that's how bad we're getting here at tight end. So, um, I don't have real, real great names. It's like James O'Shaughnessy and C.J. Uzoma and Ricky Seals-Jones. It gets ugly after Conklin and Hunter Henry.
2: I don't know how many rosters Cole Komet is on, but that's somebody I'd possibly be interested in. He's had over a 20% target share the last three games. If we're expecting this jump from Justin Fields against the Vikings, maybe he's someone that's kind of interesting, but he just hasn't really been producing, even though he's been commanding the targets. So maybe, maybe that is like an ideal buy low as if, as if he had been higher before. But,
1: <laughs> yeah. And as yeah. someone
2: who started him,
1: uh, filling in for Higby last week, uh, five PPR points, I'm, I'm moving on, but no, I mean, he does fit the profile. He's getting work. Uh, you have to deal with Jimmy Graham stealing touchdowns. So that's always fun.
0: Uh, Cole Komet is available in 74% of Yahoo league. So he's, if you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel, he probably, he probably is still in the barrel for you. <laughs> uh, you know, and then if, if he's not, then, God help you. I don't know. I don't know what, what else to do here. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, with tight end, I just want to point out, uh, Eric, you got Zach Ertz really high. We talked to him about him at the top of the show with uh, DeAndre Hopkins being out for the season and what that does for Ertz's value. So um, if you're the, you know, Ertz manager and you have two tight ends, um, as, as I think a lot of people do at this time of year, uh, who are the only tight ends that you're playing over Zach Ertz? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've got uh, George Kittle, Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and Dawson Knox. That's who I've got above Hertz this week. Um, they they play the Lions. Uh, Hopkins is out, and he, Kyler Murray's his quarterback. I, I just think it's a really good spot for him. I expect him to see more work and score touchdowns. So you look behind him, you got Dallas Goddard. You know, relying on Hertz, he's got a bad ankle, and gesicki has been up and down. Friermuth, Schultz has kind of falling off. So I think Hertz is pretty comfortably like tight end six for me this week.
0: And then, uh, Ryan, you only have Ertz a few spots below, tight end nine. Who are the tight ends that um, uh, Eric does not have ranked uh, above Ertz that you do?
2: Uh, I have Schultz and Fryermuth above Ertz, although this ranking was before the Hopkins News. I'd say he's probably pretty even with the two of them now. I could probably go either way between that trio. Okay. So we're back to
0: twenty nineteen and Zach Ertz is a you know top six option at tight end again. Uh but yeah, I mean, you know, for I feel like most people who have Ertz, they're probably one of the people that have two tight ends. So Ertz is probably uh the tight end that you're starting this week, unless you uh were really smart and got both Ertz and Gronk because you were like, Hey, it's twenty sixteen and they're both really, really good. I don't remember how long Ertz has been good for, but it feels like it's been a while. Uh all right, and I don't think we really need to talk about defense this week. Um prepare for the playoffs, pick up good matchups this week, uh stash guys for great matchups down the stretch. Um you know, if you're a little bit worried about a team like New England, uh you know, or Kansas City, you know, with with the you know, tough matchups they have this week and the injuries, uh just hang on to them because um they have good matchups. Actually, uh they nah, they're fine. Kansas City's fine. Uh they've been a good defense lately and uh New England has been so good. You probably play them anyway, but um yeah. Is there any, anything that stands out for you a defense this week, Eric?
1: No, we talked it up uh, about it a lot up in Ryan's uh, streamer section. So go up there. We talked about some defenses, but like I said, the Eagles are one that's available. They play Washington, the giants and Washington over the next three weeks. So um, if you just kind of need someone to plug and play each week, you could get by with them for the rest of the playoffs really. So um, otherwise, no, I, I, I think, it's pretty clear this week. I mean, you look at the top of the rankings, they're playing against the jets and the giants and the lions. And you kind of know what to do at this point of the season.
0: All right. Well, best of luck to everyone out there. If you have a a first week bye, you know, congratulations and, and uh, you know, we'll see you next week. And if you're out there fighting for your life in the playoffs, uh, good luck. Uh, hopefully, you know, there's not a ton more COVID news between now and, and Saturday and Sunday. But as always, uh, if you need more assistance, if you have questions, um, if you, a lot of stuff happens between now and then and you have a lot of uh, you know lineup questions, come on over to the Discord. Come talk to us and uh, we'll be happy to help you. Thanks so much for listening.